Are you still mixing station gas and oil for your string trimmer, leaf blower, or chainsaw? Eliminate the mess and the guesswork with True Fuel, the original pre-mixed two-cycle fuel. True Fuel is ethanol-free and precision-engineered for small engines, improving performance, and extending the life of your outdoor power equipment. And True Fuel is available for both two- and four-cycle engines. Empower your equipment with True Fuel. Available at your local home and garden center today. Weissman and Oz post championship Monday, everybody. You're listening to Weissman and Oz, I-95 Sports Network. If you're listening, it's one of the numbers 1605-562-8001. Press 5 if you want to join the conversation. You can also find links on our social media, Twitter, Facebook. You can also find our links on SND Podcast social media, SND Podcast. You can also find our podcast on their SoundCloud account. And you can also find SND Podcasts with Stephen and Dan, Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. We've got a great show for you today. A lot of football today, including some off-season stuff for the Jets and the Giants. With a week and a two weeks, excuse me, two weeks until the Super Bowl, uh, we got some time, ladies and gentlemen. So we're going to dip in some off-season stuff today. Stephen is off today. Joe, who is supposed to be with us until the rest of the football season, he will be back with us. Both of them will be back on Wednesday as Weissman and Oz has switched from Friday to Wednesday, same time, noon to one. Don't worry. No discrepancy with the time, just a day. So let's get into yesterday, and let's get into two more games that were just full of disappointment, full of mediocrity, and just full of parity. And we'll start with what it has been cemented now. And everyone wants to argue Joe Montana, Joe Montana. Joe Montana's not close anymore. Joe Montana's never been close. Joe Montana hasn't been close since Brady won the Super Bowl a couple years ago. More division titles, more Super Bowl appearances, three more than Joe Montana now. Same amount of rings. I'm not going to criticize Brady. I'm not going to let the veteran be because he's been to more. Tom Brady is the best quarterback to ever live, and he proved that again last night. I mean, how many times have we seen Brady go up against Peyton Manning and it's always been a shootout and it's always been a chess match between those two and it's always been fun. Brady now met Ben in the postseason. This is the second time. The first time when he was a rookie. Now both of them are polished veterans. Both of them are Super Bowl champions. Both of them with a lot to play for in this game to, uh, pertaining to their legacies. Let's just be honest. Brady got the best of Ben. If Bell was playing, it wouldn't have been made much of a difference. From start to finish, the Patriots dominated that game. The only time that Bell would have made a difference is when Jesse James had the ball on the one-yard line. Maybe Bell would have punched it in. Maybe he wouldn't. All I know is D'Angelo Williams got pushed back, and D'Angelo Williams did what you wanted D'Angelo Williams to do. He was effective in the running game. He was effective in the passing game. And there wasn't much else really to be critical about. And people want to argue, well, Brady's a cheater. Belichick's a cheater. Give me a break. You don't cheat your way to four Super Bowl wins and seven Super Bowl appearances. You just can't. It's not possible. People want to talk about the flake gate. They want to talk about the investigation. You know what the investigation said? The Patriots demolished the Colts when they inflated the balls back up. I mean, we were talking about deflated footballs for two years. Give me a break, everybody. Open your eyes. Smell the coffee. Tom Brady's the best. Bill Belichick's the best. 
the only teams that the only people that have been able to beat him is Coughlin and Eli, and the, they're not playing him this next week. Coughlin's not around anymore. Eli's not the guy he used to be. Of course, we'll get into that later in the second half of the show. But Brady, with no weapons compared to Ben, Ben has Antonio Brown, but he does not. Ben, for this season, aside from after the beginning of yesterday, Ben has Le'Veon Bell. Brady does not. Ben Roethlisberger has an offensive line, has played very well this year, has pieces around him. Brady, we saw it last week and we saw it a little bit yesterday. No offensive line, no protection. It doesn't really matter. We're seeing... And people on social media yesterday want to criticize Brady and talk about how I hate the Patriots. I can't stand. One of my best friends, who I actually didn't even know was a sports guy, and you could call him a fair weather fan, fine, I don't care. He he goes off on social media and says, I, I can't stand the Patriots. I hate the Patriots. And I told him, you're watching what is known to be and will come to people's knowledges after what happens in two weeks. The greatest quarterback that has ever lived. I can't reiterate it enough. And people want to argue Joe Montana, more division titles, more Super Bowl appearances, same amount of rings, less weapons. Let's not forget, Brady has thrown more touchdown passes to different receivers more than anyone ever. People's names you can't pronounce. People's names you won't remember. People's names that you didn't even know were in the league. Dan Gronkowski. Uwaza, I can't, oh God, if an English professor can even pronounce that name, I, I, Muhammad Uwaza, I, I don't know. Dion Branch, three different tight ends, Aaron Hernandez, Gronkowski, Dan Gronkowski. It really is incredible what we have seen over the past 15 years with Brady. He's going to another Super Bowl. And he breezed to this one, let's be honest. No one in the AFC was beating him. I said it from the beginning of the year, and I said it last week. I said it the week before. I'll tell you every week, no one was beating the Patriots. If they got home field advantage, if Peyton Manning wasn't in the playoffs, which obviously he's not in the league anymore, he is retired. If that Denver defense was not in the postseason, and there was no dominating defense in this postseason. Dominating defense is in New England, with no names, by the way. And let's not forget, Jamie Collins, the best talent on that defense, Bill Belichick traded to Cleveland. How do you think he's feeling right now? I bet you I bet you that he regrets everything that he did here, saying that he'd rather play video games and watch game film. Yeah, that doesn't really roll with Bill Belichick. The greatest coach, I would say, yes, Bill Belichick. The greatest quarterback, I don't even think it's debatable anymore. I talked about it last week. I talked about it in the middle of the year. There's no one close. Brady's the greatest ever. And that other quarterback that got demolished yesterday, and I know we'll talk about that game in a little bit, we'll be talking about in a few years after Brady retires how he can surpass him. Because no one's above him right now. Let's not forget Joe Montana also had what people consider the greatest wide receiver in the history of the game, Jerry Rice. And I mean, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you I've seen them play. I'm not old enough. I can't possibly tell you I, I saw them play. But that's when you go and you look at the numbers 
and you look at the age Montana started to decline. He wasn't he wasn't this at age thirty nine. He wasn't Brady. Brady is breaking. Brady had a touchdown interception ratio in twelve games, twenty eight and two. He got quote unquote beat up and had a bad game last week, and his team won by eighteen. Yesterday, against what you can make an argument for, second best quarterback in the AFC. People want to argue Derek Carr. You can go either or. He just outplayed him on every aspect of the field yesterday. The flea flicker, the mind games, the play calls, calling the game at the line of scrimmage, which most quarterbacks don't do that much anymore. Ben didn't have an answer. Ben didn't have an answer for that defense that was so overly overrated. Number one in points. Dominated almost each and every game this year. And people want to say they didn't play anybody. Well, they played someone yesterday. They played probably what's the best second best second best uh, quarterback in the league or second best quarterback in the AFC, excuse me. And they beat him up. And Ben had no answer. Oh, and let's move on to Mr. Facebook Live, Antonio Brown. And if people want to talk about how, well, this Facebook Live affected them, and I won't go that far. I'll say it was distraction. Because let's, let's just go down the list of the distractions that said didn't mean anything. I always talk about how Odell, what he did, well, it didn't mean anything on the field. It caused a distraction. There's no doubt about it. What Colin Kaepernick did on one knee during the National Anthem caused a distraction. That team lost 12 straight at one point. Albeit no talent, still. To switch to a different sport, Grayson Allen, the tripping incident, that team has lost three of five. Distractions matter. These things matter. Maybe not directly on the football field, but throughout a week, we don't know what goes on in the locker room. But it's clear, and you saw it yesterday, their heads were in the game. Maybe it was the Antonio Brown video. Maybe it was the fact that some moron pulled, found their hotel and pulled the fire alarm at 3 o'clock in the morning. But these things matter. And you saw it yesterday. It was a little bit of that and a lot of Tom Brady. And a lot of Chris Hogan. And now, let's be honest, Antonio Brown finished with seven receptions, 77 yards. Most of those were at the end of the game, when the game was just about over. Ben, 47 attempts, 314 yards. A QBR of 57. Come on. They had no shot. Even with Bell. I mean, it was 36-17. to 17. Seven of those points are garbage points. This game wasn't close. And neither was the game earlier in the Georgia Dome. I was wrong on this game. As right as I was on that last night, I was just as wrong as the game before. The Packers, well, pretty much what you saw is you saw their flaws. You saw the you saw the uh, you saw what got them to four and six, and what got them to ten and six to the playoffs through two playoff games. Aaron Rodgers. Well, that just diminished. I said on Friday, last Friday, on the last football Friday, Weissman and Oz, Weissman and Oz also moving to Wednesday, just to remind everybody, same time. I said, I was picking them even if Jordan Nelson wasn't playing. 
assuming that Devontae Adams was going to play, assuming Jared Cook was going to play. And what do you know? Jordy Nelson played, had a good game. Jared Cook played, dropped a few balls. Devontae Adams played, had a good game. And they had no answer. And people, people week in and week out talk about how bad the Falcons' defense is. Well, how do you like them now? They beat what was the hottest quarterback on the earth. Beat a team with a championship pedigree the week before. A quarterback, yeah, who struggled with a bad offensive line in front of him. Still scoring over 23 points a game. Oh, but let's not forget, the eighth highest scoring team ever was in their home field yesterday. And I made that mistake. And the fact that Aaron Rodgers gets a pass by some people is totally ludicrous. Aaron Rodgers is fantastic. Aaron Rodgers probably is a specimen at the quarterback position that we may never see again after he long retires in however many years. The mobility, the arm, the accuracy. It's what you see in a 99 rating of Madden when you create a player, whatever it is. And he had no answer for Atlanta yesterday. And I get it, that place is rocking. He took a shot at them a couple days before. Uh, talking about if that crowd was actually the crowd or if it was crowd noise pumped in, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, last year, or actually this past offseason, Atlanta was fined heavily, by the way, heavily for pumping in fake crowd noise. And Rodgers took a shot at them. Rodgers took a shot at the fans. Rodgers took a shot at the organization, and he got burned. And I went out and tweeted, I thought it was a pretty funny tweet. Matt Ryan's playing like he's got he wants a ring, and well, Aaron Rodgers is playing like his brother hurt his feelings on the Bachelorette. And people took offense to that. People went off and defended Rodgers right away at twenty-four nothing in the first half at halftime. But people were too quick to to defend them because God forbid if Brady did that. No, 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 no. It's Brady's fault. The roster is flawed. They got no big-time players on defense. Chris Hogan was your best wideout yesterday. No Gronk. No real running back. But if they lose, it's Brady's fault. If Aaron Rodgers loses, and in the fashion that he did, well, it's everyone else's fault. 27 for 45, 287, three touchdown passes, which, let's be honest, most of those were in garbage time. The game was about over. It was 31-7, I believe. When that happened, it was 31 nothing when they got their first touchdown. Good. Third quarter, 31 nothing. Nine minutes left in the quarter. The game was over, let's be honest. I understand no running game. Rodgers was the leading rusher, four carries, 46 yards. That one interception led to seven more points. The Packers had a chance to go to be down 17-14 after the first drive of the second quote, second half. And what does he do? He throws a pick, a Hail Mary into double coverage. Falcons morph right down the field, get another touchdown pass. By the best wide receiver in the NFL. And I've defended Odell, and I'll defend his talent as the best overall player. And I'll defend it to the grave for what he doesn't have around him to what Julio does. Competent wide receivers around him. A quarterback who's still in his prime. And they have a good offensive line. Alex Mack, Jake Matthews, those are real players on the offensive line. Real pro bowlers. Jake Matthews, a former first overall pick, or sixth overall pick, first round. 
Alex Mack was stuck in Cleveland for most of his career. Now he's finally getting a chance to shine. And Julio Jones just balled out. And you know who didn't yesterday? Antonio Brown. The debate is between Odell, Antonio, and Julio Jones. And week in, week out, it probably changes every single week, which all we know is that it's those three. And this week it's Julio. And next week it should be Julio. Now, how Bill Belichick wants to play and wants to set up for Julio Jones, well, it will be fun to watch. The best defense points-wise this year going against the best offense, eighth overall best offense ever. Averaged over 30 points a game. It's simply incredible. I don't know how you stop this team. And we talked about it Friday. I went into this game picking the Packers because I did not want to flip my pick from wild card week saying whoever won that Giants-Packers matchup would evidently end up in the Super Bowl. I did not want to flip that pick. I do not like doing that. And I did see the chance where Green Bay could win this game. But I I did have growing concerns about this game for Green Bay. And one of them was that defense, and the other was, how do you stop Atlanta? They got the best wide receiver on the planet. A big, deep threat in Taylor Gabriel. Thank you, Cleveland, again. Mohamed Sunu, who was a good number two, had a real good start to the season. Cooled down after that, but he's heated back up. Oh, and let's not forget, if you're blitzing, you have two running backs that you can check down to who can take it 80 yards back to the house. So the question was, how do you stop Atlanta's offense? Well, you're going to have to beat them through the air. Aaron Rodgers couldn't do that yesterday. And I get it, a missed field goal, a fumble by Ripkowski. If you're Aaron Rodgers, you got to come up big, my friend. You really have to – we can't praise Aaron Rodgers for what he's done the last eight weeks and then just give him a pass and like it's never – and like it yesterday never happened. After what happened yesterday, down 31 nothing after the start of the third quarter, couldn't get anything going offensively. Was not mobile the way he was the last few weeks. Atlanta got to him. So I'm sorry, that's that's just not how it works. When you play as well as he does, and as he did, we praise you. We call you, we tell you, and we tell you that well, you can be the greatest ever. After Tom, of course. But he was the hottest quarterback on the planet. He went out and scorched defenses that were supposed to be great, like the Giants. Giants had the best defense in the National Football League, and he dropped 38 on them. And you couldn't go to Atlanta in a dome, in a game you were supposed to torch that Atlanta Falcons offense. And you did nothing. Ty Montgomery, you did nothing. Randall Cobb didn't show up. The defensive scheme for Green Bay was idiotic yesterday. To have Gunther on Julio Jones one-on-one was just stupid. And Julio Jones was just a man amongst boys yesterday. And it's going to be a fun Super Bowl. And we have the perfect, and I mean the perfect, Hero versus villain. Super Bowl. You know, people wanted people wanted Patriots Cowboys. No, no, no. You can't have two villains in the same Super Bowl. 
You gotta have a hero, you gotta have a villain, and this is perfect. And we're gonna get into that more. But I did request someone to call in. Back in week five, John from Belmore, a dear friend I've known for a lot of years, called up on the show. We talked some Jets that asked for a Super Bowl prediction. And back from week five, he said Falcons, Patriots, and I got John on right now. John, I want to give you a shout-out, brother. You said it week five. I thought you were crazy putting Atlanta in the Super Bowl. I give you credit. You were right. You should. Yeah. I, I hope you went to Vegas on this one, John. Hello? What's going on, Errol? Mr. John. How's it going, Errol? Can you hear me? Hello? There you go. John, what's going on, man? I'm trying to give you a shout-out over here. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. Thanks. Uh, you know, I saw this coming. Uh, last year, the Falcons started off, you know, 5-0. and And uh, I just, you know, Kyle Shanahan, just I believe that she's responsible for the Falcons' Super Bowl run. Yeah, and obviously it what you predicted came true. I I I gotta tell you the truth. After what I saw from two years ago, Atlanta starting out five and zero. They ended with six and ten, seven and nine. I thought they were. I didn't think they were for real. I thought Julio Jones was great. I thought Matt Ryan was flawed. I thought that defense had no talent on it, and I was wrong. And you saw it from the go. And I give you credit, swallowing your pride, putting the Patriots in the Super Bowl, and that's what happened too. I know you're a huge Jets fan. Hopefully they're gonna have a good off season. But I, mean, I, I, thought I, it was, I thought it was the perfect year for the Falcons to jump on the opportunity, you know, with Carolina not even making the playoffs, Drew Brees having another mediocre year. I mean, the Saints overall. But um, the Buccaneers collapsing at the end of the season, I just think this was definitely the year that the Falcons, you know, took over the division. You know, Cam Newton and the Panthers kind of collapsed. So, if this was the year, this would this would be the year for the Falcons. Now, John, a big Jets fan, you and I have known each other for a lot of years. I got to ask you, how do you feel about your New York Jets going into this off season? You got is there any optimism with you whatsoever? Um, honestly, at this point, I, w- I wouldn't be opposed to picking up Johnny Manziel because we're at that point. So. You know, I don't think anyone can save us in the draft. Um, no Deshaun Watson. We're not uh, the, the quarterback from Notre Dame. Um, I just don't think anyone's going to save us at this point. So you're sitting there six overall. Who do you what, what? And I know you and I are both nerds on this when it comes to the draft. You and I are looking at mock drafts all the time. We love that stuff. Who do you, as a Jets fan, who do you want? at that pick at six overall to help upstart a rebuild for this team? To be honest, uh, I, I, I mean, I don't know. Do we go with, uh, what's his name from LSU, Leonard Fournette? You get a jump, jump spark on the offense, but then you got no one to block for him. You got a, a terrible offensive line. There's just too many holes on this team to fill. I would honestly wouldn't be opposed to see them trade back, you know, collect some more draft picks because there's too many holes that this team has. And no matter who they draft the sixth pick, 
there's, it's still not going to help them, you know, win more games. We're not a win-now team. We're a rebuilding team. No quarterback and a, uh, a terrible offensive line, an aging running back. Um, Brandon Marshall is going to be gone. We need another wide receiver. There's just, you know, an aging linebacking core with David Harris. we got no cornerbacks. So, I mean, I'd just rather see them trade back and collect some more draft picks. Pull up those I'm not, not going to lie. I'm very surprised that McCagnan and Bowles are back. And I'm only saying this for the reason that this team does need a full rebuild, but it kind, you kind of get the feeling that this is kind of a hot seat year for them, that if they don't win this year, they're going to be out. So that's why the Jets, and I feel bad because I, I, I think this town's better when the Jets and the Giants are both successful. It's just very interesting to me because I think this team is, needs a full rebuild, but I don't know if, if McCagnan and Bowles can last for a few full rebuilds. I say um, give them one more year. Um, I've been saying that since after this one. He's been going downhill. I've been saying that. Hopefully, they bring back Todd Bowles. Um, I think just no one was expecting this. Coming off a ten and six season, you got Ryan Fitzpatrick just has the, the worst year of his career. Um, this just—I don't think anybody saw this coming. And um, you know, I, I think it's only fair to bring back. Bowls for you know one more year and see how it plays out. Um, but to be honest, I couldn't see the Jets doing anything next season anyway. Um, so more than likely, Bowls will be out by the end of next season. If they do tank, and it's looking that way really, because I just I like you said, there's just too many holes where it gets to the point where you're at the sixth pick, and well, where do you even start? What court? And I know you're I know you're into your college football. I'll call. I'll call you a college football expert. What quarterback do you see that you want the Jets to go to pursue, or that you hope lands in the Jets' lap next year? Because I, I know how you feel about the quarterbacks this year. Mostly everybody does. What college quarterbacks are you looking for the year after? That's what I'm looking, thinking about for the Jets. Um. Let's see. Uh. I to be honest. I'd rather not look into the draft for a quarterback because it's sell the Jets year after year. You know, Mark Sanchez, you know, whoever we've drafted in recent memory not turned out to work for the Jets in their favor. So I'm kind of opposed to the fact of drafting a quarterback early on. And I'm thinking that the Jets should focus on building in other positions through the draft and then find a quarterback, um, a more of a veteran quarterback to lead the team. I just don't think a rookie quarterback is going to be good news for the Jets. I've seen it too many times. I've witnessed it too many times. You know, uh, I've been to playoff games, AFC championship games with Mark Sanchez, and just I just don't want to see another year like that giving us so much hope and just all of it, you know, for nothing. So I, I would say go after more of a, a veteran quarterback after you rebuild this team enough through the draft. Uh, John, one more thing for us, Joe, because I got to cut to commercial breaks. And if I held a gun to your head, obviously, figuratively speaking, 
And I, I asked you a question. Who do you think the Jets quarterback is going to be starting week one? What's your answer? Interesting question. Um, if I had to make a decision, life or death, at this moment, I would have to say Christian Hackenberg. Oh, my God. You think they actually give him a chance after what we saw last year? I mean, the guy didn't even dress till week 17. And even that, they didn't want to play him in the game. It just show, it goes to show, uh, I don't know what this team's doing. I don't know what their plans are. And <laughs> Yikes. Listen, listen, don't question my decisions. I, I predicted the Super Bowl. <laughs> so I don't want to hear any of that. <laughs> I like the fireness in you, Stack. Uh, I miss that. Everyone, if you if you thought someone, no one thought the Super Bowl was going to happen, well, you're listening to one now, Mr. John from Belmore. John, thanks for calling up. I appreciate you taking your time out. And I hope to have you call on the show more. I, you called that one week and you called now. And, well, I need you on more, bro. That's, it's always a better show when you're on. All right. Thanks, man. Go Falcons. All right, let's go Falcons. All right, that was John from Belmore. If anyone doesn't know, if anyone wasn't listening before, back in week five, John, who I've known for a lot of years, known him over over five years now, back from high school. John called on the week, called on week five, talked some Jets. I asked him for a Super Bowl prediction back in week five, and he said Falcons and Patriots, and I thought he was out of his mind to put the Falcons in there. I didn't think the Falcons were for real. I thought what we saw from two years ago when they started five and zero. I thought we just saw the same flaws. I thought the week. I thought the, the they had a weak defense. I didn't think Matt Ryan would be able to keep a stable, steady, consistent season. Obviously, he's going to end up being the MVP now. I was wrong. John was right. I was wrong on the Packers this week. Joe was right. Joe will be back with us on Wednesday. And yeah. And so we're going to cut the commercial break now. If you're listening live, we're just going to play some general music for you. If you're listening to the podcast, this commercial, the commercial is brought to you by the SND Podcast channel. SND Podcast, you can find them on SoundCloud, Google Play, and iTunes. Steve and Dan do a great job. They do a great job promoting us. We do a great job promoting them, as long as I, you know, I think so. So, uh yeah, so we'll be right back after this commercial break. Introducing the SND Podcast channel, your new source for all types of podcasts. We are looking for new podcasts to add to our channel. So if you ever wanted to start a podcast, reach out to us via Twitter, DM, or just add us at SND Podcast. Or message us on Facebook or even email us at SNDPodcast at gmail.com. Once you reach out to us, we'll tell you the best way to create a podcast. All types of podcasts are welcome. So anything you want to talk about for our podcast, just let us know. No idea is a bad idea. We're already on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play, and all other podcast apps. All you have to do is record the podcast. So hit us up soon so you can start your podcast now. Yes. Yeah. 
You on Weissman and I's I-95 Sports Network. If you want to listen in, the number to call is 1605-562-8001. Press 5 to join the conversation. Uh, you can also find us around social media on my Twitter, my Facebook, Weissman and I's Twitter and Facebook. And you can also find us uh, as retweeted on the S&D Podcast channels, Facebook and Twitter. Uh, S&D Podcast channel. You can find them on SoundCloud along with our podcast as they do promote our show. You can find them on Google Play and iTunes uh, as well. So uh, we got into the games this weekend from this from yesterday, obviously. And I want to get into some draft stuff. And I was just talking some draft with John from Balmore. John uh, called up on the show. Week 5 told me the Falcons would be facing off against the Patriots. He said this back in October. I didn't believe him. I, didn't, I thought he was crazy. Well, we see what the crazy one is now. Uh, oh, the draft's in Philadelphia this year. That's interesting. My brother asked me where it was uh, this year. I know last year it was in New York for a lot of years. Chicago last year. And obviously um, this year it's in Philadelphia. Uh, I'm looking at Mike Mel Kuyper's mock draft, and I got some problems with it. And obviously I know he has, I don't know, four or five of them. Um Mitch Trubisky going as the first quarter. Come on. I don't, I don't see what the problem is with Deshaun Watson. I don't I, – listen, I guess it's the fact that he's a national champion. I guess it's the fact that in route to winning that national championship, he beat what's full of NFL-caliber defensive players in Alabama, the best coach in college football, probably the best coach in college football history. I would put him on the Mount Rushmore coaches along with a few other guys that people probably wouldn't agree with. I didn't see much from Trubisky this year. And I can only say this year because, well, what, <laughs> it took him three years to start. So I don't know what why he wasn't starting the previous three years, if he's that good. I mean, he's 16th on Mel's board, so it just shows the weak class that Mel Kuyper, an expert, and people want to disagree with the experts. Is I, I, dis- I disagree with a few things, but... You know, he's doing this for a reason, and we're the ones sitting at home analyzing it, or sitting in the studios analyzing it. Uh, I guess second over, San Francisco obviously does need a quarterback. I saw flashes from Colin Kaepernick this year, the old Colin Kaepernick. But Trubisky, I, I, I would go with Watson. He's a winner. He's mobile. He can stay strong in the pocket. He's a good arm. Yeah, he needs some polishing. What quarterback does it? Not a... Peyton Manning was awful his first year. Ben Roethlisberger is a rarity. Dak Prescott was a rarity. Two-time Super Bowl champion Eli Manning was terrible in his first couple of years. Not everyone can be Andrew Luck. Not everyone can be Russell Wilson. So, yeah, okay, well, he needs some polishing to Sean Watson. I think Mitch Trubisky needs a lot of polishing. So that's one of the things I had a problem with. Miles Garrett as first overall, I get it. I, you know, if you don't see a great quarterback class, you take the best 
player, and you know he's gotten obviously uh, comparisons to Javion Clowney, who finally made his come up this year. So I don't really have a problem with that. Uh, Chicago, I think they should be taking a quarterback. I think you need to do everything in your power to make Alshon Jeffrey stay. Maybe not a maybe not I'm a number one, but he's your number one, and he's going to be appealing to a lot of teams. Uh, Jacksonville taking a safety. I think they have a lot of talent at defense already. Uh, the kid's name, whose name really, Yannick Nakau. I'm going to look that Here it is. Yannick Nakau. Okay. Miles Jack, Jalen Ramsey. I mean, I think they have a lot of talent. Dante Flower, or Fowler, excuse me. First overall pick from a couple of years ago. I think that team has a lot of talent on defense. I don't know if Jamal Adams is the way to go. I would, if it was me, I would take Fournette or Cook. I think you need a spark on that running back, in that running back position. Chris Ivory and TJ Yeldon aren't doing it for me. I think that's a team that could really make a jump this year with Doug Marone and Tom Coughlin. Tennessee, I love it. I mean, Tennessee has done a great job. Mel Kuyper has uh, has them taking Mike Williams out of Clemson. I get it, a top five pick. Let's not forget, it's not their pick. It's the Rams pick. So it took. So you're giving up the fifth overall pick. It took you till week ten, or excuse me, later than that, week twelve, to start Jared Goff. Uh, I think they did a good job drafting to protect Mariota. Obviously, he got hurt the last second to last game of the year, but I think now you got to do a good job of getting him weapons. And he did a good job at the running back position, getting Demarco Murray, getting Derek Henry, putting that two-headed monster in the backfield, and. I just think you need some weapons. There's no really true number one. I don't even think there's a true number two. The best receiver is Delaney Walker. You never want your best receiver to be your tight end. So I think Mike Williams definitely should be the way to go, getting a weapon for Mariota. I'm going to sit here on the Jets because the Jets are number six. Martian Lattimore, and I just talked about it with uh, the caller just came on, John, before. There's, There's a lot of holes on this team. And I think you need to clear up as much cap space as you can. And that includes cutting Darrell Rivas. That includes trading Brandon Marshall. You can't trade Eric Decker. I know he's been good since he's been here. Coming off a couple of injuries, he's got a long recovery. He's not going to be the same player. Marshall Lattimore, I would go with Deshaun Watson. I would go with the quarterback. I think Deshaun Watson's special. People want to compare him to Vince Young because he had so so, so much success in college. Let's not forget who his head coach was. Let's not forget who Jeff Fisher just has not had success outside of that Super Bowl appearance. He has not success developing quarterbacks. And L.A. saw that. There's a reason why Jeff Fisher isn't here. There's a reason why Jeff Fisher went off and he was part of the staff who wanted to trade up for Jared Goff, take Jared Goff. He's not here anymore because they know he cannot. He got replaced by a 30-year-old child in Sean McVay. To develop a court, to t- develop a 23-year-old quarterback. That's how much they thought of De- Jeff Fisher. Uh, Leonard Fournette going to Carolina, I think is interesting. I think that's a good pick. Deshaun Watson, Mel has him going to Buffalo. Oh yeah, I said I. I think he needs a good situation. That's just an unstable franchise. They've shown time and time again that they are just not exactly the best-run franchise. I'm not even sure if Doug Whaley and his owner know what they're doing. Jerry Bagula. I, I want to see him go somewhere better. Ruben Foster's a guy that gets a lot of praise. Uh, here goes 
the second best quarterback in my eyes, or second best running back in my eyes, Dalvin Cook going to Cleveland. I think that would be good for Cleveland. I think they did a good job last year in the draft, but um, with two top 12 picks this year, I think they definitely got to hit a home run on both of these. Oh, here's an interesting one. Let's. I hear it. I hear it. I hear the celebration. Ryan Grigson's gone. Indianapolis, it's finally free of him. Pat McPhee, <laughs> Pat McPhee of the punch, if you didn't see it, going off and saying, well, thank God, basically taking shots at Grigson. Very happy that he's gone. Gotta love that. A guy I think is going way too late, Jabril Peppers. He has fallen off the map. I think Jabril Peppers is going to be a great talent. I People see it as a problem if they don't know if he's a safety or a linebacker. I think it's a great problem to have. And I think him going to Baltimore at the roots of Harbaugh, I think it's a good story. I think it's a good spot for him. Malik Hooker, very talented safety with uh, Mel Hasen going to uh, Washington. Uh, we're just going down to the Giants right now. And he has the Giants wrapped in an offensive tackle from Wisconsin. Ryan Ramsick. And I don't have a problem with them drafting a tackle. I just want to see them address it before the draft. Because I think there's a lot of talent in this draft. I think there's a lot of needs that the Giants can fill from free agency, like offensive tackle, like linebacker, like defensive uh, defensive tackle, because I don't know if Jonathan Hankins is going to be here. Uh, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Malik McDowell is another guy you can draft. I I don't even think Ramsey is going to be there. I mean, before this, is Cam Robinson going seventh to San Diego. And Garrett Bull is from Utah going to Denver. So, I don't know. There's this a couple real talented guys, and Mel has one of them going at 27th to Kansas City. Corey Davis, wide receiver, and I get it. You have Odell, top three wide out, dynamic offensive player. You spent a first-round pick on him three years ago. You need a big wide receiver. He's plenty big, this guy. 212, 610. I think you need a big wide receiver on the other side of him, along with Shepard in the slot. You're not going to see Victor Cruz here after this year, only because they're going to save $7.5 million off the cap by cutting him. Victor had a great career. I think he should go retire. I think from what you saw this year from Victor Cruz, he's not explosive enough to be a uh, slot receiver anymore, and he's really just not a wideout. I, and you knew that coming in when we saw him in 2011. He's not a wideout. And he belongs in the slot, but with these injuries, he's not a slot receiver anymore. I just don't think he could be a productive receiver, although some people think differently. Uh, a couple other things to note. Christian McCaffrey going 29th to Green Bay. I think that would be a good pick. And O.J. Howard. A guy, another guy I love for the Giants. I think they need an explosive tight end. I think that was a, you saw it be a real jet detriment to this team with Eli not being able to go to the tight end position, even though he tried to force it to Will Ty, Terrell Adams, Larry Janelle's gone. Um, I just think he can't go into this year. And the championship window is there. Now, I picked him to go to the Super Bowl in the beginning of the, of the postseason. I believe that because he had a dynamic defense, the best defense in the league. Yeah, an explosive player in Odell Beckham who didn't show up. And a quarterback in Eli Manning who we've seen time and time again was clutch. So the window's closing. you got to get Eli weapons around him. you got to get offensive tackles around him in free agency. Richburg's going to be there. Flowers is going to be there. 
excuse me, I'm uh, <clears throat> not feeling too well today. I'm trying to get through it. Show's got to go on, as they always say. Eric Flowers is going to be there, although they, he needs to be at right tackle. Uh, I think Andrew Whitworth is a guy you can definitely go out there and sign. 35 years old, I get it, but he just seems like he's getting better with age. Uh, he was with Cincinnati this past year. He's not going to demand a lot of money because he is 35 years old. He's not going to demand a lot of money or a lot of years. I think a guy like I think the Giants need to go offense in this draft. I saw a couple of mock drafts having them draft Taco Taco Charlton out of Michigan. And let's get into that defensive end position. And let's get into the situation with Jason Pierre-Paul. So you got two guys on that defensive line that are free agents, two key guys, Jonathan Hankins and Jason Pierre-Paul. Jason Pierre-Paul is going to cost more. You need to give Jason Pierre-Paul's money. You have to, and this is protecting Olivier Vernon as well, because, and you need to get depth at that position too. It's no doubt about it. I think Romeo Quar definitely helps that situation, what we saw from him last year. But, if you don't have another competent guy that offensive linemen are going to be intimidated by, I mean, let's be honest, Jason Pierre-Paul had seven sacks in 12 games. That's not exactly anything to sneeze about. So, whatever he's going to cost, and I don't think he's going to cost as much as people think he's going to, because I think a lot of teams are going to get turned off by the fact he's missing one and a half of his fingers, or two and a half of his fingers, actually, for that matter. People are going to be turned off by that. The Giants know what they have with him. He loves New York. I think they're going to find an agreement. And I think they're going to definitely get back Jason Pierre-Paul, put him on that defensive line. Who you have at the other nose tackle position, aside from Damian Harrison, I think you can find another one. Uh, we see a guy in this draft, Malik McDowell out of Michigan State, the guy you can draft. I think there's a lot of guys. Even if you want to go in the second and third round, this is a deep draft that really you can play with a lot of pieces. If the Giants want to trade up or down, I think you can do that. Um, I'm actually looking at McShay's mock draft for the first time, and it's very different. When did he When did he post this? Okay. I'm not even going to go into this because he did put it out on December 13th. Um, but let's actually go over for a little bit just to show how different things are between these two. But he has Jonathan Allen going first. Jabril Peppers going fourth. Uh, not much different, actually, from Mike Williams going 10th. Didn't, doesn't have it. We're past 13. Does not have a quarterback yet. Wow. OJ Howard going 16th. John Ross, 17. We actually didn't see in that draft. Uh, and Mel, or actually we did. He had him in the Cowboys. Wow. Does not have a quarterback. Who is this? Here's the Giants taking Dante Foreman, running back. I think that would be a mistake for the Giants taking running back. I think you give the reins to Paul Perkins after what you saw last year. Wow, he does not have a single. Okay, here we go. Here's has Mitch Trubisky, 30th to Kansas City. You know, that's interesting to me because I came on when I was by myself last week and talked about how you need a quarterback, not exactly an elite, not particularly an elite quarterback, but a quarterback to playing at an elite caliber level. I mean, let's just, unless you don't have, if you don't have that, you, you need a dominant defense. And when I say dominant, we talk about all-time great. That Broncos defense we talk about is all-time great. Peyton Manning was not playing at an elite caliber level as much as I do love Peyton Manning, brother of my quarterback, best regular season quarterback to ever 
to ever live. But let's be honest, he was at the end of his road last year. But he had a great running game, an elite defense, and weapons around him. You can win that like that without an elite quarterback. The year before that, Brady. The year before that, Russell Wilson was not elite at the time. I would put him as top six, top seven now. But obviously, I just don't see it. Um, I mean, you can you can have a lot of situations. I mean, you could go back to Rich Gannon, and you can go back to I'm trying to think back off the top of my head. Eli Manning was playing an elite level. Was not an elite quarterback. I, I I've never viewed Eli Manning, and this is coming from a Giants fan. I've never viewed Eli Manning as an elite quarterback at all. I think he had an elite season the second time he won the Super Bowl. I mean, the most fourth quarter touchdowns at that time. I don't know if that record still stands. But it just goes to show. I mean, even an elite court, even someone who's not an elite quarterback could be playing an elite caliber level. You know, first Super Bowl run. 12 touchdowns, one interception. And that one interception went off the hands of Steve Smith into a Patriots defender's hand in the Super Bowl. You know, he was playing at a very high level, and that's what you need. And Alex Smith playing at an average level with a good team around him isn't going to get it done. So I think that's interesting. To have. I don't think Trubisky is going to go that far down in the draft. I think someone's going to take him in the top 10, top 15. There are a lot of quarterback needy teams. Uh, you see Cleveland. You look at Cleveland. You look at San Francisco. You look at Chicago. The Jets. You look at uh, Cleveland having a uh, obviously having that pick again at twelve. So I think the Cardinals are a very underrated quarterback needy team. From what I saw from Carson Palmer this year, I, I don't know. It looks like he's in the end of his line. We've seen so many quarterbacks just completely fall off. Peyton Manning, although he had three neck surgeries, he fell off. And we saw that from two years ago, postseason against Indianapolis. And we saw from right there that we knew the end was coming. Brett Favre just fell off, even though he took a just gruesome punishment. It's just the style that he played. To go to a different sport, Kobe Bryant just fell off. I mean, we see these these great – I'm not going to – I think Carson Palmer had a very good to great career. I think great's pushing it. Uh, some he's had a few playoff wins. I just don't think he has much to show for it. So we've seen people fall off before. I think Carson Paul. I think the Cardinals are a candidate for Tony Romo. I think the Cardinals could be a candidate to draft a quarterback. And I think it would be smart to draft a quarterback now. I think you have you have a guy in Bruce Arians who obviously was the offensive coordinator for Pittsburgh for a while. Did a great job with Ben. Has done a good job with Carson Palmer. Don't get me wrong. I think drafting a quarterback would be smart for, for Arizona. Uh, some needs about the Jets. And God, where do I start? Okay, so let's go through it. Number one, you need a quarterback. I mean, it's just this is no ins ends about it. Christian Hackenberg, I know... We had John and a couple other people call in the past saying Christian Hackenberg could be the future. If you can't, if you redshirt him in your first year and he's a second round pick, it's just not a good look. Uh, the fact that you know people say he was a fourth, maybe fifth round type quarterback scares you a little bit. I wanted to see him this year. I wanted to see what he had. Obviously, Bryce Petty couldn't be in competition as well. 
And I think there's a chance he could bring in a veteran quarterback. I don't know if it'll be a Tony Romo. I don't know if it'll be a Jay Cutler type. I don't know if it'll be a Brian Hoyer type. There's a lot of questions on the Jets. Number one question mark lays right under center. And speaking of under center, Jesus, that offensive line needs some help. They need a left tackle. They signed Ryan Winters for that offensive line, so they got that locked up. Nick Mangold is as good as he's been. I mean, he's getting up there in age. Father Time is undefeated. I like what they have at the wide receiving position. I think Quincy and was showed, even towards the end of the year, on and off the field. I think he could be a leader. I think he has a very promising future. Robbie Anderson, we've seen what kind of speed he has. He even had some uh, chemistry with Bryce Petty. At the running back position, I think Forte and Bilal Powell is a good one-two punch. I think Bilal Powell should have been starting a couple of years ago. And we saw how deftly he can beat the teams coming out of the backfield, catching passes. So, excuse me. So, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, on the defensive side, you got to trade Sheldon. I, is it, I don't even know if it's worth to trade Sheldon Richardson at this point. Because what you thought you can get for him two years ago, you're not getting even a sniff of that now. Dallas offered a fourth-round pick last year. I don't even know if you can get that. So, yeah, we say trade Richardson, trade Richardson. Is it even worth to trade Richardson now? I'm not so sure. Well, Howard Wilkinson's here to stay. Leonard Williams is one of the bright spots on that defense this year. Darrell Rebus, you got to go. $17 million counting against the cap. Do you want a $17 million safety learning to play the position? I think not. Marcus Gilchrist. I mean, come on. Marcus Williams. There's a couple. There's not really much in that secondary, which last year was very formidable. Uh, you look at the linebacking position. David Harrison is getting up there in age. Darren Lee, I think, is going to be a good player. I don't think it's fair to judge him purely just on this season where a lot went wrong for this team. And there's, there's a lot of holes for this Jets team. I think the first is just to go out there, figure out the quarterback situation. And this is a team I thought would be right on the outside looking in. I just thought the schedule was just too tough. I was someone who was saying in the beginning of the year when Ryan Fitzpatrick was flailing as quickly as he was, after this season, go outside Tony Romo, you're instantly a playoff contender again. All of a sudden, you blink. 13 weeks later, 14 weeks later, this roster isn't what you thought it could be. Braden Marshall, you got to get something now while you can for him. This team has a tight, hasn't had a tight end since when? Dustin Keller was formidable for a year or two. This team needs to figure out the tight end position. I think maybe you can draft one in the second round. The kid out of Virginia Tech. Uh, what happened to Jake Butt was so unfortunate. I thought he was going to be a very good tight end coming into this league. He's obviously still can, but it is a little bit of a turnoff with the torn ACL. I think what our caller before John said maybe could help. Trade down. Get more draft picks. This team needs a lot of help. I'm not going to say they're on the Browns level. Oof, but wow, but we talk about it now, and we talk about how they need a new set of safeties. Because I don't know, just know what Calvin Pryor could be. I think he should be a linebacker. He's fun to watch people hit. Darrell Revis has got to go, so virtually you have no corners. 
Marshawn Lattimore, Mel Kuyper had him going in the draft. I think it would be a good pick. I just think if Deshaun Watson there is there, you take Deshaun Watson. Oh, God. God bless Jets fans. Let's move on to the Big Blue. And let's talk about what other news they should have. Now, they're going to have around $50 million in cap space after they make their cuts. People keep talking about cutting DRC after what we saw, what Aaron Rodgers did to Javon Wade and Cody Sensible. I don't think that's smart. I think you eat up the $8.5 million. I think maybe you go to him, try to see if he wants to take a pay cut. You still have Vernon. You still have Harrison. You do need some linebackers on the squad. Keenan Robinson is a free agent. I thought that was a very good underrating signing by Jerry Reese, although it was a one-year deal. Maybe you can re-sign him. I think you got to cut JT Thomas after taking another pay cut. If he wants to take another pay cut and stay, it's a guy who's had a lot of potential. has never been healthy enough to stay on the field. I thought Jonathan Casillas really rose up as a good leader and a good player on the field this year. Landon Collins, obviously an all-pro safety. I think Darian Thompson, their third-round pick out of Boise State, has a lot of promise. From what he, what we saw, very, and it was very brief this year, for a few weeks, I thought I think he has a very bright future as an NFL safety. The kid looks like a ball hawk to me. You have Jenkins. You have Eli Apple, who went through some growing pains, but all in all, he had a good rookie year. I think better than Vernon Hargraves. Uh, that was one guy, small, under six foot, short arms, not really one guy I wanted to have on my team, which was the other cornerback the Giants were discussing and going in mock drafts. So the defense doesn't need much help. you got to figure out what's going on with JPP. you got to figure out what's going on with Jonathan Atkins. You have to find replacements for them if you're going to let them go. I think you, you definitely get back one of them. Whether you get back both, Jerry Reese said it's, it's a possibility because you do have a lot of cap space. I think one, if we're talking about free agents that aren't the Gi- from the Giants, uh, I mentioned Andrew Whitworth, 35-year-old offensive tackle. If you put him at left tackle, you could put Eric Flowers at right tackle. Maybe move Bobby Hart to the right guard position t- to replace John Jerry. You could also go off and sign an offensive guard. Uh, obviously, T.J. Lang is a free agent. We saw he got injured yesterday. What will his status be coming into this offseason? It's offensive line. It's tight end. What do you... If you're sitting there at 23, and dare I say McCaffrey's sitting in your lap, or if you see an opportunity to trade up and draft a cook, do you do it? We heard Adrian Peterson go on first take last week or this past week and talk about if the Vikings were to release him, which there are rumors spiraling around. You know, some places I want to be, Tampa Bay, Minnesota, New York. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to stay right where he is. If he has to take a pay cut in Minnesota, I think he'll pay, take a pay cut. If he's a free agent, I think that's something the Giants should definitely entertain. I think you need a big wide receiver on the other side of Odell Beckham and in between, obviously, uh, Sterling Shepard in the slot. Is that guy Corey Davis? Will he last that long in the draft? Is that guy Alshon Jeffrey? Do you give Mike uh, Mike McCagan a call? 
and see what they want for Brandon Marshall. Now I think that would never happen. I don't think the Jets would ever want to help help out the Giants. And dare I say that draft pick turns, you know, and you know that Brandon Marshall draft pick that they get from the Giants turns into a superstar. Just, you never like crosstown trading. It never usually happens. You probably won't see it. Now if the Jets do cut Marshall, which I don't think is going to happen either, I think you entertain that. I think he could be a leader, obviously, as the bipolar disorder. And people, obviously, from what we heard from reporters, he was tuning out his, or he was tuned out by his teammates uh, when he was trying to give them half, halftime speeches. One of them being in that Patriots game where they got absolutely dismantled by Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and the Patriots in New England. The game that was an 18 point fit underdog, or 16 point underdog, and it took the Jets to cover. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. But really, we all make mistakes, don't we? So, broke down with the Jets need, broke down with the Giants need. I'm a nerd when it comes to this offseason stuff. I can't wait. As soon as free agency hits, I'm on Twitter. I'm refreshing my page. I'm making sure I'm getting notifications from the big time uh, guys like Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, making sure I'm getting it right away. I had a lot of fun off season, last offseason with the Giants. Snacks, Vernon, Jenkins. The Giants have a championship window. It's there. They have to improve offensive tackle position. They have to improve the tight end position, whether it's through the draft, which I believe is a good idea, or whether it's through free agency. And we'll get into more of that. And we're going to get into a lot of other things. On Wednesday, when Steven and Joe are back, uh, we got to wrap up that show, our show right here. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, you've been listening to Weissman and Oz. I'm 95 Sports Network. Steven and Joe will be back on Wednesday. Thanks for all the listeners. Thank you, John, for for calling up so I can give you a shout-out, deservingly so. Uh, have a good day, everyone. And we'll talk to you guys on Wednesday on I-95 Sports Network. Don't Make sure you listen to our podcast on S&D Podcast Channel. You can also find their podcast channels on there uh, from Stephen and Dan. You can find that on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. We'll see you guys on Wednesday. Using an overpriced trash bag? Pricey, pricey, pricey. A bag that breaks? Whippy, whippy, whippy. Or a smelly bag? Stinky, stinky, stinky. You gotta snag Hefty's Ultra Strong Trash Bag, always at an ultra low price. Hefty, Hefty, Hefty! It has Arm & Hammer odor control, so your nose and your wallet will be... Happy, Happy, Happy! Hefty Ultra Strong Trash Bags. Hefty Strong, all day long. Hefty, Hefty, Hefty!